Hello, 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 my beautiful, beautiful friend. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School. Class is in session for light workers, sacred bombshells, genius creatives, coaches, healers, and priestesses. You're on with your girl, Aviola Abrams, and today we are taking self-love to self-launch. Spiritpreneur School is an empowerment podcast. For conscious entrepreneurs just like you, created by me because I knew that we had different needs. How'd I know that? You told me. And so on this podcast, you'll be meeting inspiring guests ranging from CFOs to professional creatives, and these mostly women are brilliant thinkers who have overcome challenges to live out loud. If you want to know how to answer your sacred calling and live in your divine purpose and receive divine compensation, then my darling, you are in the right place. And you're especially in the right place because there's something really wonderful that I have going on that I think that you would really enjoy. It's called Spiritpreneur Unblocked Energy Shift. And it's a 14-day free challenge, especially for you, for the healers, the coaches, the creative geniuses, the priestesses, and it's for us to get unblocked, for us to really be able to do the work that we were born to do. We've already started, and interestingly enough, because it's a 14-day it's a challenge of rituals, practices, and prompts. Today's practice at the recording, at the time of this recording, is feng shuiing your wallet to bring in better energy, align with abundance and prosperity, to help you to uh, dispense ancestral ties that you may have to poverty and other limiting beliefs around money. And appropriately, (laughs) (laughs) we have the most magical goddess on the line to talk about money today. So if this is something that you've been wanting to work out in your life and this is a soul journey that you're ready and willing to take, you're in the right place. Let me tell you a bit about today's guest. We have Jennifer Longmore on the line, and she is a three-time, <laughs> three-time best-selling author a soul purpose expert and founder of the Soul Journey School for Akashic Studies. And she's the creator of the Spiritual Leadership and Legacy Program. Her mission is to empower women across the globe to take charge of their destiny and open themselves to unlimited wealth, abundance, impact, and purpose. Now, obviously, she's my sister from another mister, so... (laughs) Jennifer, take it away and introduce yourself, goddess. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. As you're talking, I'm thinking, I want you to record me a wake-up greeting every morning. Good morning, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) You goddess, you. (laughs) Wouldn't that be so awesome? That would be See, there's another awesome. flow, uh, stream of income you could create another personalized messages yes. for people to wake up. I love They just have it. to send I you their it, name and tell you how to pronounce it, and then you're golden. I I so love it. Wake up, Goddess Jennifer. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your new day. Welcome That's to your awesome. new day and your new life. So <laughs> tell us more about the magic that you make in this world, Jennifer. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know how much magic I've been cooking up lately. I feel like I've been, you know how we, we go through cycles where we're just creating, yeah. creating, creating, and then we integrate, and then we kind of absorb and so on. So I've been kind of basking in stuff. Last month was my birthday, and I don't know if anyone else experiences this, but uh, I get a lot of movement around my birthday. So I literally moved home, yeah. upgraded my vehicle, upgraded my phone, upgraded my computer, and went on two trips in a 30 period. <laughs> Wow, so you like kind of and started a new business, by the way. So, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> there was a lot of magic. So you're just you're just lazing created. around, basically. Pretty you're much, yeah. Around, <laughs> I do feel lazy. I um, I grew up, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, where uh, you know you work hard for the sake of working hard. You work hard in order to legitimize what you have. You can't possibly have money or a nice home or a nice outfit or whatever unless you worked hard for it because they're you know what's implied is that you're not deserving. And um, yes. and what I've learned over the years, and it's been a lot of, you know, energy work and personal reflection and so on, is that um, money flows to us the less hard we work. It doesn't mean we don't put effort in, but I'm now in a place where I run six businesses that are all highly profitable. I'm not saying that in a bragging way. I'm just saying that because I really barely work, and yet, um, I am very abundant, and in part, it's because I've released that belief that money can only come to me if I've worked hard for it. Like, what if I get an idea that's super easy? Does that mean I can't generate income from it, even though the universe has inspired me with that idea because I haven't worked hard for it, right? So anyway, it's all that to say that as I move through this journey and to where I am now, I um, I didn't know what to do with the extra time. We think we want extra time. Right, I thought time freedom was the ultimate thing I wanted. I wanted money for the sake of time freedom and to not have to, you know, punch a clock and work nine to five and all that stuff. But I've got to say that there's that other part of the journey, right? We're always growing and evolving where when I did receive more time, I really didn't know what to do with it. And I didn't want to fill my calendar with a bunch of the Zumba classes. Nothing wrong with Zumba. God, I love me some Zumba. <laughs> you know how, like, you can over-program yourself, right, to be going from one appointment yeah. to another, thinking that it's in the name of self-care or feeding your soul, when in fact it starts to feel like a chore. So that was an interesting thing to navigate, you know, all these years later. So now, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in my beautiful space on right on the water. I have an unobstructed waterfront view. I have my doggie with me. I have a nice car. You know, I have lots of time freedom. All these things that were on my vision board way back when and I share that because I know people are listening going, I put stuff on my vision board. How come it's not, you know, coming true? It really will um evolve, especially if you keep energizing it. But I um I definitely am very blessed for the life that I have. I'm so grateful that I get to spend time with you and be really, really present. And I have no agendas. I'm not needing to put on a fancy radio voice or any of that stuff to try and give off an image of, you know, what what I've created. I just really am at peace with my life the way it is right now. So I'm super grateful for that. Beautiful. You do have this, like, calming, centered energy, which is just so lovely really to bask <laughs> and i i'm serious i'm serious you do and i related to so much of what you said i would like to highlight jennifer what you said about 
being a workaholic, which is mm. is the way that it manifested in my life, you know, the feeling of, because I'm the daughter of immigrants and, you know, so mm. the feeling of you have to earn your space, which, yeah. as you said, is an issue of self-worth and deservability, particularly, I think, for us as a tribe who've chosen the road less traveled. It's like you feel like you almost have to justify yourself for all of the people who think, what are you doing? That's not a real job. What are you, you know? So then you feel like, okay, well, I've got to, if, if I'm out working everyone, then that justifies my place on the planet, my space and, you know, what I do and all of that. So I know that this is something that many women who are listening to are dealing with. Can you talk about, draw for us a detailed path of how you were able to come to that realization about yourself? Well, actually, no, 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 Jennifer, before we get into that, can you tell us about <laughs> your, just you growing up? <laughs> this is evolving fast, folks. <laughs> tell us about yeah. you growing up and who you, you know, what your personal story is before you became a coach. How did this work find you or how did you find it? Oh, that's a great question. I um, grew up as an only child. My parents wanted to have many, many more children. They just couldn't. And um, so I was the lucky recipient of all of their hopes and dreams that didn't get spread around, you know, for other kids or whatever. <laughs> but um, they they were products of parents who lived through the Depression so having just spent this past weekend with my parents, I really got to see how much they hang on to things because one day they may use them, right? They're still approaching life through a place of scarcity and what if we run out one day, which I do feel like we spend a good chunk of time unraveling those trans transgenerational patterns, the societal patterns and imprinting and all the things you kind of mentioned at the beginning of the call. So that's something I like to stay on top of. But anyways, I grew up in a working class family and my parents would take me to the kitchen window and anytime I would ask for money, which wasn't often, and it was for things that I felt were legitimate, right, whether it be a school trip or something like that, they would point to the non-existent money tree that wasn't growing in our backyard and say, do you see a money tree growing out there? And I laughed mm -hmm. because I know this is a common thing for many of us yeah. and why I share that. So I grew up observing them working really hard, and uh, money was such, uh, I don't know, it was like a slave driver slash jailhouse warden slash I don't know, right? Like it just had such a hold. It was There was such a charge to it, and yet I was really fascinated by it. I had a Fisher-Price um, um, cash register, and yes, cash Fisher Price, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can send me a royalty for <laughs> mentioning your name. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I would count my dad's change when he'd come home from work and dump it in this drawer, and like I was really fascinated with the energy of money, not really realizing it, of course. And um, I started working when I was ten because my parents wanted to teach me the value of money, and because I was an only child, they really wanted to prove to others around them that I was not spoiled, which I certainly was not. So I started buying my own clothes and toiletries and so on, you know, from 10 years old on. Moved out when I was wow. 18 and put myself through university. So I will admit that I have a bias when I hear people complaining and kind of waiting for handouts and stuff like that and never really making an effort. It, it's still, you know, not as much, but it triggers me because I think, oh, right. you know, like <laughs> we're all very resourceful yeah. human beings. We do actually know how to make money. It's not hard to make money. Um, but why would we want to make something that we perceive as hard to make? 
So anyways, but I grew up in a very spiritual home, and I went for my first past life regression with my parents when I was four. And they wanted to figure out why they felt so compelled to get married and why they had me and why they only had me and what we had to work out together as a family and individually and all that kind of stuff. And so that was what I grew up with. I went off to school, and nobody spoke that way. (laughs) I would speak from a place of knowingness, unknowingly freaking people out because – (laughs) I didn't realize I was saying things to people that hadn't happened or that they weren't aware of. I was just speaking very matter-of-factly. And one of the things I teach in Akashic Records, because most of us have claircognizance or, like, uh, you know, elevated claircognizance, is that our knowingness often got challenged when we were growing up because we were either accused of being a know-it-all or if other people couldn't see it or perceive it, then it must not be true, so therefore we're a liar or, you know, we would constantly ask how you know things, and unless we had empirical evidence to prove why we knew what we knew, we therefore didn't know anything. So I think we're all working against that sense of what what is a, the divine definition of knowingness versus the misidentified and misapplied understandings of knowingness that we have. When we can unravel that, we can really allow our intuition to speak to us much more loudly, loudly and clearly, consistently, 24-7, right, when we make peace with that. So uh, I still needed to have a J-O-B because I believe we've all been conditioned or most of us have been conditioned to that the only legitimate way to make money is through a job. And when I learned from that, having gone to university, I became a forensic investigator, is that job stands for just over broke, and it really does. Even when I went off on a short-term disability because I had such bad adrenal fatigue, which was the catalyst for me doing what I do now, I uh, I had more money not working and on 75% of my salary than I did going into work every day. So explain that math, right? And I see that all the time. Wow. Because wow. not only is someone giving us a money ceiling, but we're agreeing to it. So we're doubly binding that money ceiling and saying, yep, this is all I'm worth. Yes, yes. And you when know, I just we wanted to emphasize, you said job, yeah, go ahead. Just over broke. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, please. So uh, being self-employed way back in the day, and this was, you know, 15 years ago or so, when I started my business, uh, I generated six figures really quickly. And this was before websites were really anything. Most people didn't have websites. We certainly didn't have social media at that time. So I built my business the way that I still believe is a legitimate and solid way to build business now, which is going and networking, building relationships, delivering good service so that you get a referral-based business. And, you know, that's ended up what happening. But I, I generated six figures very quickly, and that was uncomfortable. It was very liberating to know that I had the power within me to make my own income and not have it be decided by someone else and surpass, you know, all these other things. But it was also very scary to know (laughs) that I was the source of my income, or at least that was my belief at the time. And I also Mm -hmm. didn't know how to have more than enough in the bank account because keep in mind when you have a job, stands for just over broke, so you either have just enough to get by or not quite enough to get by depending on the month. And um, so I had more than enough, and I didn't know what to do with it. I was so uncomfortable. And this is what I refer to when I talk about treating money like a hot potato. When it comes in, we feel the need to to get rid of it right away. 
like it's going to burn our hands when we play that game, whatever that hot potato game is. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. around the rosy yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, hot, uh, it's literally hot potato. So that's yeah. oh, okay. Well, there you go. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those similar types of games. So, um, anyways, I had to give myself permission to allow money to grow without feeling the need to do anything with it or about it. Like it wasn't a problem that needed to be fixed. It was actually me allowing my garden to blossom. And that was my cue, although I didn't get it quick enough. So I'm sharing this as a tip. That was my cue to go, okay, I have to stretch my dream now. It's okay for me to allow in more money. What am I going to do with this extra money? Because clearly I don't need six figures to live on. You know, none of us do, right? Because we can get by on far less. So if I'm going to allow this in, what am I going to do with it? And I realized, okay, well, I'm going to start tithing. And when I tithed, I um, had massive spikes in my income. Not be, I didn't do it for the reason of increasing my income. I did it because I genuinely wanted to give back to causes that I was passionate about. I feel like most of us as women want to do that anyways, which is why I want to help women heal their money story because we only own 1% of the world's wealth. Like what would happen if we owned even 10% of the world's wealth? What would happen as far as wars that get started over oil, children starving, you know, Mother Earth being treated yes. the way she does, like that just wouldn't happen if money were in the hands of of people that just genuinely want to give back. It's in our nature to want to build community, build connection, nurture, take care of things, and so on, right? So that's why I love talking about this because when we can make peace with it, no matter how much money we have, as long as we're at peace with it, then we we just do different things with our money. I am, I'm, I'm so, I love the way that you worded that because I just, I've been talking a lot about money lately, as I said, and I read this energy shifting quote from Marianne Williamson that I've been sharing with as many women as possible because things that, like what you just said, I think is just so important about, you know, when you said, and then I started tithing a lot. And then in my head, I said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sure that that increased everything because it really, really does. And Marianne Williamson said that, you know, not only is it okay for us as women to be abundant and have money that, you know, because we, we a lot of us have this permission thing. We need reasons, permission, kind of like you just gave permission, like, okay, the more that you give, the more that you get. But she said, not only is it okay for us to have money, she said, it's our duty and responsibility Mm -hmm. to be abundant because we can then change the world. And as you said, that we can then, you know, make a shift and, and have a real influence around the planet, you know, with the the issues and challenges that we see that we want to have a shift in. So it's not only okay and permissible, but it's our duty. And so, yes, that is so just right on what you said. Um, please go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm just kind of taking – taking us all through my journey because it's so important. No, uh, but, but no, your anyways, journey has – your journey has so many lessons, Jennifer, in it. It's 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 interesting, like that this is 
the <laughs> I think probably the first dialogue that I've had where it's it's almost more just you know just wow okay just put this woman on stage and just let her <laughs> by telling your story that it's it's so informative because money is such an intimate thing that it's often mm-hmm. easier to get people to talk about their sexual life and sexuality than it is to talk about our financial life and our money life. And so these conversations don't happen, particularly for us as women. Then there are mm-hmm. all of, you know, the guilt things, you know, like you said, you know, coming from parents who have a scarcity consciousness and all of the things that we inherit that we're aware of and that we're not aware of, all of the things that we're conscious of and that we're not conscious of. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be really helpful if, because it's, since it's one of the certification programs that you do, if you, because most people are aware of the Akashic Records, but some people are not. And so just, mm. just step back and just please define for people what the Akashic Records are and how that could really open someone up to their own life. Mm. Uh, well, the Akashic Records are the energetic document, I'll say, the energetic blueprint of our soul from the very moment we extended from source as an independent soul to the future. It holds all of our thoughts, deeds, words, and actions. And uh, it's the place that we go and consult. It's, it's We have guides that kind of surround it and make sure that, you know, that the energetic document maintains its integrity. And it, um, our guides are also there to help us interpret the information that lies within there to help us see any repeating themes if we have things that are happening in this lifetime that just keep repeating like you know money issues we can go in and find out well what's the root cause of what's going on it and how can i shift that so that we create the reality that we do want the akashic records exist in the same plane of existence as our theta brain waves which is where we receive all of our subliminal programming and um, so it stands to reason that when our Akashic Record is holding the stories we actually want it to hold, then we create a different reality because we're not tainted by all the illusions that we brought forward either from this lifetime or other spaces and times that keep us from the truth of all the things that we are and all the things that we're divinely entitled to, like abundance and wealth and joy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of the nutshell version of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things, Jennifer, that I found is that this conversation can make some women angry, you know, like yeah. that if, if you talk to oh, some yeah. women, particularly of another generation, but also in our generation as well. But if I said to my mother, and I know because I've had the experience, but if I said to my mother, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I said to my mother, well, it's easy to make money, like those kinds of things are triggers for yeah a lot of women and piss, frankly piss people off. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. So can you speak a bit to that and just, you know, you want to go really deep? Let's go deep, baby. Let's dig it all. Okay, <laughs> let's go deep. Okay, so um, I'm not American, so I just want to preface that. But I do feel like uh, because the American news permeates our global culture, that I do have a right to at least comment on what I perceive. And what's interesting about this election is that misogyny is under um, a magnifying glass in a big way. 
regardless yes. of what candidate you're voting for or not voting for, I don't really know why we have to like candidates because the reality is they're not going to be your friend anyways, nor do you need them to be your friend, just like you don't need your parent to be your friend. You need your parent to yes. be your parent. Like, we just need yes. someone capable and competent to run the country. So all of that being said, you know, we've got someone that is literally a caricature of the underbelly of misogyny, not just in the U.S., but around the world. He just happens to be the bobblehead for that right now. And really, yes. people are triggered by it, but it's an opportunity for all of us, including ourselves internally, to look at where we are perpetuating misogyny. And Hillary is the uh, I have no doubt she perpetuates misogyny in her own ways because I don't know what she does behind the scenes and so on but she's certainly been the brunt of misogynistic comments and they're very subtle even like you know we don't walk up to a man a man and comment on his outfit as the first comment we make to a man we will right. say oh you're smart or you're this or you're, or whatever but appearance and the objectification of women, which is part of the misogyny trap, is really being highlighted under the magnifying glass. So I'm going to actually write an article on all the different ways we can extract ourselves from the misogyny trap because it's in our face and people can either lean into it and look at it and go, okay, what's my part? And although I can't change how they behave, what can I change within the way I interact with others and myself and what I'm teaching impressionable minds around me around, around money or um, misogyny, I should say. Now, money falls into this because money is a providing energy. That's how we relate to money. It doesn't mean that it's not feminine because everything has masculine and feminine, but Money is a providing energy. So anything that has a masculine providing energy attached to it, government, so that's why we resist taxes, a job, our business, money, um, the, the male aspect of God, source, creator, whatever your term is, and any masculine energy within you is all perpetuated by, or it, it all falls into the misogyny trap. And the more we are triggered by masculine energy, the less we're at peace with masculine energy, the more we will perpetuate misogyny. And the more as women, which is why women get angry, is we um, castrate male energy. And as long as we're castrating male energy and literally saying, back off, get your own sandwich, leave me alone, money can't come around because we're saying, screw you, I hate you, you're abusive, you objectify me, you do whatever you do to me, right? It's all just a big, huge projection. It's very unconscious as well. That's why we get triggered. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And so then how do we heal that? Because I know that a big part of your work, and I think I actually want to just say a big part of I think all of our work that we need to do is healing the energy of wealth consciousness and money mm -hmm. and the things that trigger us that yes you realize okay i'm triggered but then what so how do we heal that that's another wonderful question <laughs> you're full of great <laughs> questions today <laughs> i hope we can talk all day long uh, no it really is and I, I like to give practical tips as well now i need you all to bear with me because this might sound a little bit hokey it's actually a lot of fun how I discovered oh, my audience is 
you're in you're in woo woo heaven. Nothing sounds like I know. to us. So you're, you're I'm right the woo woo healy feely unicorn. Yes, you're, um, you're in you're in you're with your family now, so it's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so what happened for me is that I was writing a letter to my business years ago because I loved my business, but I didn't love my business, right? It was a weird feeling. I loved what I did. I loved doing cash greetings. I loved teaching people how to do it themselves and for other people and so on and so on. What it, it turned out that I didn't love my business model anymore. I just outgrown the model, right? And so I started writing a love letter to my business. Well, I wouldn't even call it a love letter. I started having a heart-to-heart with my business. And every day I would write letters to it. And some days it was like, F you, I don't like you, you're annoying, blah, 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 whatever it was, right? And other days it was like, oh, thank you so much for bringing me so-and-so as a client. They're so great. Oh, you're so great. You know, And I was like singing its praises and everything in between. But then I realized, oh, I could start doing this with money because I knew how to make money. I'd always worked hard for money. I didn't want to work hard for money anymore. So where does that leave my relationship with money? I want you to be around, but I don't want to have to literally burn out my adrenals to make you. So I started doing the same thing with money. And that's when I uncovered that I was projecting, to begin with, my relationship with my dad onto money. Like, you're there for me, but are you really there? Because I don't feel like you're there, right? I have, as the case is with most um, fathers of that generation, they're just emotionally distant. I'm not saying all fathers are, but they're a product of their environment and so on. So um, the same experience was there with money. Like, you're there for me, and you're around, and I know if I ask for you to be there, you'll be there. But I don't really feel like you're there for me. I don't really feel like we can have this nice intimate bond together and go and, you know, live life together. So my tip is to to literally just start writing what I call love letters to money. But they're really heart to hearts because some days it's going to be like, look, money, you really let me down. I asked you to come around. You know I needed you. wasn't able to pay rent this month because of blah, 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 whatever the situation is. But then I also started writing letters to money saying, you know, I know right now we're learning to be in a new relationship together. I just want to recommit to you that the type of relationship I would like to have with you is this. And then I would write out the relationship I did want with it, which was something to the effect of, you know, I want to have a lifelong relationship with you. I want to grow and evolve together. I want to be a contribution to the planet. I want to learn and grow and evolve. I want to have fun. I want to travel. And um, I want our relationship to be easy and flowing and abundant and, you know, whatever else I said. You guys can find your own (laughs) language that works for you. (laughs) And the more I committed to that and focusing my energy on what I did want the relationship to be, naturally that's what evolved. Jennifer, right now my hand is over my my heart because Mm. we really are connected. That is the (laughs) spirit the unblocked energy shift that I mentioned at the beginning of this call that is 14 days of rituals to get unblocked. One of the days is writing a letter, not to money, but writing a letter to your business and to Mm. your sacred calling. And so (laughs) thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So, yes. So uh, I'm just giggling right now. Like, I would say, what are the odds? But, of course, when you're in a the odds are, are great. So how long did you do this practice, and is it something that you still do? I still do. I don't do it as often as, 
as I maybe could. Um, I, I try out different things. I like to, just like anything, I'm not a routine type of person. I'm not a big fan of Groundhog Day. I really try yes. to, to um, <laughs> avoid having every day feeling like Groundhog Day. So I do switch up certain things. Obviously, there's some things that I stick to. Uh, I definitely love to focus my energy every day while I'm walking my dog, and I have to walk her several times a day because she's a big doggy. So while I'm walking with her, I go, well, I'm, while I'm walking, I might as well do my gratitude statements. So I'll talk about what I'm already grateful for that day or that week or whatever, but then I start going, oh, yeah, I have to be grateful for what I've asked to come in as though it's already here. So whether it's, you know, a new VIP client that you want to have or a new, um, you want to fill your program with 30 people and you have maybe five signups right now, whatever the case may be, just keep expressing gratitude for the people that are on their way to you or the opportunities or whatever it is that you're wanting to energize and and give it as much emphasis and gratitude as you would as, to something that's already happened. Beautiful. Beautiful. And Jennifer, two really important blocks, I think, for us to talk about with women of our generation. One is you talked about women and and our fathers and money and, Mm -hmm. you know, that a, a common block has been that, you know, people, a lot of women feel like, okay, well, subconsciously that they can't make more money than their fathers. Because then mm-hmm. that means something, you know, as you were talking about earlier, and you and you so eloquently put it, talking about patriarchy. And then another mm-hmm. one that I feel like is very specific to our tribe, and in full transparency, is something that I've experienced, and a lot of people in my family have experienced, is that I'm a fourth generation, I guess, empowerment specialist, for for lack of a different word. Some people were, you know. Um, like my father is a minister and mm. I have cousins that, you know, travel around and give readings and that sort of thing. And there is within that, within with a lot of members of the family, like this idea that, you know, spiritual services you shouldn't be charging for, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. then I've encountered that a lot with women in our community who are coaches, healers, readers you know, consultants working in this area have the idea that, oh, well, you know, well, you know, you should somehow be giving your services away for free when it's Mm -hmm. the way that people make their living. And so then there are all kinds of blocks and issues around that. So can you please speak Mm -hmm. about, let's talk about that. It's interesting that you bring that up because um, a few minutes ago I was thinking of sharing this example, so I will share it now, <clears throat> which is that after I'd been in my business for a few years, I one of the things I used to do was work out of um, various locations, but I worked out of a crystal store, and they had a classroom in the back, so I would, uh, they had um, like rooms you could rent, so I would rent a room just to do a cash record consultations, but I would also rent the big room to teach healing circles and other things like that. And I'd gone through a big upgrade, and I really wanted to upgrade my car. I don't actually spend a lot of money on clothes and magazines and things along those lines. I don't have an issue with other people do. It's just not my thing. But I always bought cars that I felt would be more appropriate for a healer. They had to be eco-friendly, and they had to be cheap, mm-hmm. and they they couldn't look, um, you know, it had to look like I was uh you know, just a struggling artist, basically. 
because people yeah. see you drive up and upload uh, and load your car and stuff. And I had bought a Lexus um, earlier that week, and then I forgot that I was teaching in Keswick Records that weekend, and I had to drive into this crystal store that was majorly stuck in poverty consciousness and they were dirty and the wallpaper was kind of falling down like it was already time for me to move on from there anyways but um every you know everyone that worked there was always talking about how they were barely getting by and they wanted to trade crystals for classes and like you know all that kind of right old, right old and, the, the, and the cultural the cultural meme that we have of of starving artists i just wanted to just yeah. throw that in there because i neglected to mention artists but please go ahead yeah I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, I have to, maybe I should park somewhere else. Maybe I should park on a different street. Maybe, 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 because what will people think of me? And it was in that moment I realized I have to let it go. Because people are probably doing the math in the class anyways, going, well, she's charging $50 per son, and there's $30 in the class, and it's two hours of her time, must be, you know, whatever they're thinking. Or they're maybe thinking, God, why isn't she charging more? It's not up to me to decide that. It's just up to me to do my thing. And I could be an inspiration to people by showing people that you can actually be a prosperous healer or people are going to be triggered. I have zero control over that. So I just need to show up and be me and do my thing. So that led me down a road of really detaching from, you know, I thought I was detached, obviously, but then these these experiences happened. I thought, okay, I better really work on letting go of what other people think of me and so that has allowed me to allow in more money and that has allowed me to allow in money without deciding how the universe is going to provide for me if the universe wants to bring me money I don't care what the channel looks like I'm not talking about illegal stuff but you know I have businesses that make no sense for me as a healer I have an e-commerce business I have a product-based business I have a real estate business I have different things and I just create the gateway and the portal for the universe to provide for me and allow myself to receive and then I recirculate that in various ways and create jobs and do all kinds of things that I couldn't do if I was just doing my one business doing one-on-one sessions in person for $100 an hour and working my arse off, right, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, doing reading after reading after reading, which I love doing, don't get me wrong, but um, that was the time for Dollar Trap, and I I just refused to go back there. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I refuse. He <laughs> absolutely refuses. Yes. That's so important. That is such a such a wonderful story to share because I I had a similar situation a few years ago, you know, especially with people pleasing and all of, you know, the myriad yeah. of <laughs> challenges. And I kind of went to, you know, like, okay, went to the people that I care about individually and I was like I'm going to make more money uh, than I ever imagined doing what I loved. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? You'll, well, you still love me. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then <laughs> it kind of a saved in my mind, okay, you know, when I walk in with whatever it is that I'm bringing that brings me joy. And, again, no judgment again, if, if certain people don't like certain things, but, you know, bags or whatever things that, that are a delight, you know, temporary, temporary earthly delight for me that you can then feel like, okay, I'm going to park my car and I have no responsibility for other people's 
challenges or issues or triggers, or maybe they'll be inspired, or maybe they won't, or whatever, but, you know, that you're not in any way, you can't be attached to that. You can't be attached mm-hmm. to their outcome. And, again, I think that that's a very freeing thought and freeing concept uh, for a lot of women. And so thank you for sharing that story. And so oh, yeah. as we're coming Yes. As we're coming to the close of our, our time uh, just today, because I there's you know I know this is just the first of of many different conversations. I want I want us to talk a little bit more about healing healing our relationship with money and making quantum leaps in income. That I did mm. a YouTube video this week that kind of kept me up, but the night before I made it because I was answering a young woman who is in one of, um, just on my Facebook page, and that she said, why isn't anyone buying my stuff? And I, I wrote out, like, it was, like, almost, like, 100 reasons. It could be, you know, I think it was, like, 25 reasons why people may not be buying your stuff. Like, she felt like, I'm putting all of this beautiful work into the world, and why isn't anyone buying it? And a mm. lot of, you know, that they're, they're so so I made this video, and I think that, Talking about how to make quantum leaps in your income is very, very valuable for our community. So can you please share? I know you've spoken a bit about it, but can you share a little bit more about that? Well, yeah, definitely focusing on the future, which we talked about, and obviously being gratitude, simply because gratitude is such a high frequency. It's really hard to be angry and in scarcity and feeling depressed when you're in gratitude. They just can't exist in the same plane of existence. It just doesn't work. Um, And doing energy management for sure. I start every day um, getting clear on what the vibration is I want to have in my day. And then I breathe in that energy because everything's energy and I envision myself being activated to that frequency. So maybe today I want to be vibrating joy. So then I bring that energy into my body with the intention that it activates all my cells and radiates out from me. Um, and by the way, when you are joyful and when you're having fun and you're living without attachment, that's where things um, flow, and that's where we make quantum leaps. I manifested my five-year vision in the first three months of my business and then didn't know what to do after that. I didn't really have a plan because I didn't really believe it would be, you know, I'd even act, um, achieve any of that. But the reason I believe on a, on just a vibrational level why I manifested that so quickly and why any of my businesses do well really quickly out of the gate is because I go into a place of awe and joy and wonder. So I just live from a place of adventure and joy. Like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder what's going to happen when I knock on yes. the door. I wonder what's going to happen when, you know, and I'm just unattached because I know there's an abundance of doors. So one of the things we do is we buy into the illusion, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that this may be the only door I can knock on ever in all the land. <laughs> and if I say no to this opportunity, no other opportunity will ever, ever appear. And that's not the case. When we get to this place in our lives where we are abundant, then, you know, the first world problems we have, if you want to call it that, is that we then have to decide of all of the great opportunities, which ones we have to turn down simply because they're all so great, but we can only really maybe have the bandwidth for one opportunity, you know, time-wise. That's That becomes your biggest problem, right, which is a nice problem to have, even though it sucks to have to say no to things, right? But that's that's part of it it's a um, great problem to have yes 
Exactly. And then from just a money perspective, because the thing about business is that we have to have this money conversation. Every single component of business involves money. And if you're living in the illusion that it doesn't, then you're running a hobby, not a business. Because you have to not only learn how to generate enough money to allow the business to be healthy, you have to generate enough money to pay yourself and to reinvest it back into the growth of the business because the business on a vibrational level needs to grow. And then you have to chase people for money because there are occasionally people that don't pay you for whatever reason. You have to figure out how to price things in a way that actually allows you to be profitable instead of losing money to serve people because I've been there. I'm sure we've all been there where we've actually been out of pocket trying to help other people and that's servitude energy. That's not service energy. And then um, we have to pay our vendors. We have to, you know, invest in ourselves. There's all kinds of things we have to do. We have to find easy ways for people to pay us. Everything involves money. So if we're not willing to look money in the eyes and we're not willing to have this conversation, we won't make quantum leaps in our business. It's just not going to happen. Yes. Yes. You gotta. Look. I love the way that you phrased it. Look, you've got to be willing to look money in the eye. Mm-hmm. Well, if we want to and relate to it like a person and we're never looking at it in yeah. the eyes, that person's going to be like, what's going on with you? Hello, I'm right here. Look at me in the eyes while we're talking. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so when we, when we make peace with the fact that, oh, business is about making money, the consciousness of business, your, the consciousness of your individual business, and then collectively in the divine mind, the consciousness of business is designed to make money. It's designed to be a portal for the universe to provide for you on a 3D level so that you can let in as much life as possible. That's really ultimately the crux of it. So, the other way you make more quantum leaps in your business is to allow in more money channels without judging and deciding what they should look like, what people will think of them, what it really means. Just do it. If you're guided to do it, and anything I've been guided to do that made zero sense, like creating a real estate empire, are the things that have been most lucrative for me because I'm truly out of the way. If I keep getting the nudge from the universe that says we want to provide for you in this way, then I better get out of the way. And already I should know better because one of my archetypes is a teacher that as soon as I started investing in real estate, what do you think happened? I had tons of people knocking on my door saying, can you teach me how to invest in real estate? Of course I was given that blessing because it's not just about me. It's about the fact that I have to master it so that I can help other women if they're guided to do it, and not everyone is going to be, but if another woman's guided to invest in real estate in an easy feminine way, then I can guide them in the right direction. That's a cool feeling. That is a cool feeling. That is such a cool feeling. I feel like you're this magical money sprite fairy. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I am kind of connecting with some yes. energy recently, so thanks for noticing. Yes, yes. Must be the I flex in my eyes. <laughs> Must be the flex in your eyes. <laughs> well, I I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I think that this will be such a, a great healing conversation and a beginning for many people in our community. I know that you also offer 
10 divine keys to healing your relationship with money once mm-hmm. and for all, which is a free webinar. So please tell people how they can access that and your community. I think, um, because I don't have the link in front of me right now, if if you're listening and you would like access to that free webinar, I also, of course, have a ton of free webinars that um, I like to just run whenever, like they're just there. Uh, then you can email clientcare at souljourneys.ca and my team can send you the link so that you can sign up easily. I was just thinking this morning, oh, I should probably just upload all my free stuff to the website. You know how people have that little tab at the top yeah. that says free stuff? Yeah, I really yes. should do that and make it easier. <laughs> but for right now, That's if you'd so like to access to it, then email me. Uh, clientcare at souljourneys.ca and my team can send you a link to sign up for that and um, receive that right in your inbox. Okay. And they can also just go right to your site. If you go to souljourneys.ca and they if they go there, they can find a link to your Facebook page, which then will link them also into that free webinar. And it mm. also gives them free access to your soul acceleration system. You, so I you know better what's going on on my website than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Spoiler you. alert, thank you so I don't well. know what's going on in my Spoiler business. Alert. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> thank you so much for connecting. Thank you. And thank I'm you really for grateful. This inspiring conversation, Jennifer. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a delight for sure. And uh, I know we're going to be having lots of other fun things that we cook up together anyways. So yes. this is just the beginning I... of our <laughs> our journey as unicorns. Our sisters. soul journeys together. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, my goddess sister. So have a beautiful rest of your day for Jennifer and for you, my darling spiritpreneur. Thank you for listening today. And as I always say, this is not about you just listening and being like, oh, that's some cool stuff that they talked about. These are things to take and apply to your own life. And I'm holding a vision of you as prosperous, abundant, and thriving and making your magic in this world. And if no one has told you today, I love Love you, love you, love you like cooked food. Dream bigger and love yourself, and we'll talk soon. Bye.